Uh, welcome to the new podcast, uh, When the Bell Rings. My name is David. I will be your host and I will be bringing a weekly podcast which consists of the world of professional wrestling. Professional wrestling has been something that I've been growing up, uh, uh, growing up loving, watching it from back of the day in terms of the Attitude Era, um, especially when it came to the, the invasion angle uh, between WCW, ECW, the alliance against WWF, especially to the culmination when it reached the Survivor Series winner-takes-all at that p- moment there. Didn't know exactly where it was going to go, whether WWF were going to triumph or the alliance. It was really end-to-end stuff that really captured my, my love of professional wrestling. And now I've decided to kind of create a podcast now, which I'll, like I said, bring to you every week consistent of the ins and outs of professional wrestling. And what it's going to contain is, um, is in regards to the organisations that exist at the moment. So it'll be things from WWE, who I consider to be the biggest, largest um, wrestling organisation in the world at the moment. Vince McMahon has built the WWE to be a phenomenon, you know, phenomenal superstars, taking it from the days of the alliance and the territories to bringing it to what it is today. And now with Vince McMahon going, it's in safe hands with Triple H. Triple H, for me, is a student of the game. He knows exactly what is required. And I believe he's a soundboard for what every wrestling fan wants or desires. And I think his work at NXT has really shown that. How he's developed stars, created great storylines, and NXT has been much watched TV for such a long period of time. And I'm so happy that Triple H is now in control, creative control of WWE. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for WWE in terms of storylines, the development of, of wrestlers, and seeing what comes from it. Because I think Triple H for me is a brainchild of what WWE should be. And I've always considered WWE to be the standout competition. I've been able to eliminate competition over the years. I mean, WCW have been probably the closest rival to WWE because there was a period of time uh, back in the day where WCW was red hot. They had great superstars like Goldberg, Sting, Booker T, Ric Flair, Diamond Dallas Page. I mean, great, great guys. I know Eric Bischoff heading the way, you know, the Monday Night Wars which was very interesting. But now we're seeing other competitions, which I consider the alternative, which is not a bad thing, in my opinion. But I've always viewed WWE to be be the number one. But coming coming close, a close second is AEW. I mean, AEW for me have now done very well for the last three years. Tony Khan has come in with the Elite and um, Cody Rhodes um, initially in its infancy to create all elite wrestling and I've done a brilliant job and guys who used to be in the WWE have done well coming over to AEW guys like Chris Jericho who I believe is a standout wrestler and has been able to evolve over time and it's very difficult I believe for a character to stay relevant especially as waves and trends always change and one thing about Chris Jericho which you can't take away from him he's been able to evolve and develop and been able to work and also hang with the, the young wrestlers here because one thing about being a wrestler who's been around for such a long period of time is whether or not they can still hang in the ring. There'll be no question in about his ability to to cut a promo, his ability to encapsulate the fans and connect with the fans. Chris Jericho does that. His in-ring ability is next to none. Very good, very good wrestler, but also just being able to create feuds and be able to have great rivalries 
especially in AEW when he was the inaugural AEW champion. Great to see the development of Chris Jericho in AEW and the work he's done with the younger stars, putting them over. And also moving on to the youngest talent that are in AEW, which you got to you got to you got to be excited for. Guys like MJF, who is currently now the AEW World Champion. His transition from the beginning to now, he was always destined to be really good. I mean, from the early infancies in AEW, you can also see, you know, how great he was. And I think that I think that the, the gut check moment for me was his rivalry with CM Punk. You know, CM Punk for me is a seasoned Hall of Famer um, in the making. You know, great in the ring, great on the promo, and I think that rivalry really just started to open a lot of people's eyes about how good and what the potential or the ceiling of MJF, and he really exceeded expectations with that feud and really elevated his position. And now he's in a position where he is the guy in the company, rightly so, in AEW. Be- beating John Moxley, who held the company down during the summer periods, you know. Really hard worker, the cornerstone of AEW. But MJF is the future. You know, a- a- um, MJF has alluded to that 2024 being a big year. That's when his contract ends at AEW. You know, he always talks about the... You know, the great bidding war of 2024 where maybe AEW could, you know, increase the amount of money they give him or might go off to WWE. You know, MJF has made no no bones about it. He does love the content at WWE. He does love to go over there. So it's all about money for MJF. We'll see how much Triple H dumps up, see how much um, Tony Khan dumps up. But either way, it's going to be very interesting watch to see how that's going to transpire. But either way, one thing we can agree on is that MJF is a generational talent and he's got his best years in front of him. So, AEW for me are in a very good position. I've always, like I said, considered them as an alternative. I do think they lack in certain areas compared to WWE, uh, especially when it comes to the women's division. Individually, they've got some great talent coming through. I mean, Jamie Hayter, a British um, wrestler who is currently now the AEW champion, I think she has potential to be a really good uh, wrestler and really prolong her ambitions in AEW. Britt Baker is obviously the star, but the depth is really, really something that needs to be addressed. But I like what, you know, ca- counteracting that, but I like what they're doing with Jade Carhill. Jade Carhill is the TBS Women's Champion. Um, she's come in on a great un- undefeated streak, 45 matches undefeated. And slowly but surely, she's getting that experience. And she said it herself, you know, she's not, she's new to this. And she's just gaining experience in the ring. We know she's got the persona, uh, the look to, to really go far. But, you know, I think the steps that Tony Khan and AEW are making in her development is the right option for her. And I do think she will transcend and will be in a position somewhere down the line to become uh, AEW Women's Champion. So that I'm looking forward to. I'm enjoying the, the, the victories. I'm enjoying the dominance and um, long may it last. Um, the tag team, very strong. Very, very strong. A lot to pick from there. Very strong with them um, there. You know, you've got the FTR. You've got the Elite. Um, you've got so many coming through the ranks as well. So the acclaimed who are the champions, very funny, very entertaining. So very, very humorous. And then you've got guys like Keith Lee, who I believe, you know, did a very good job at WWE, especially in NXT. Really found his, his position there. You know, the big guy that can move so agilely in the ring and really great promise. And I thought when he 
you know, I was looking forward for him to go over to the main roster, but never really materialised and he got released. Um, and now he's an AEW in the shuffle. It was initially with a strict Swervelin, who again, I thought with, with Hit Row, I thought it was going to be cash money in WWE. Unfortunately, that never materialised, but Swervelin, their glory, found a little bit of success in AEW. They've now parted their ways and Swerve looks like he's gone in a different direction, but I am looking forward to it. And um, just wanted to just waiting to see what they're going to do with Keith Lee because I think he's a very good talent I you know wishful thinking I hope he get, does go back to WWE because I think under Triple H you know I believe um, there's, a, there's a gap for him in, in, in the WWE but um, AEW I think they've got everything right with Samoa Joe Samoa Joe in my opinion as a heel it's a it's natural fitting for him he's, he's himself he's a very very good in the ring very good on the mic and, and you know, him being double champion suits him to a T and it's just a shame it never materialised in, in WWE for him. Really good in NXT, you know, became NXT champion, looked like the transition was going to happen with the, you know, in the main roster. He had a great um, match with Brock Lesnar um, at Great Balls of Fire in 2017. Thought it was going to go and develop into even more because it looked realistic. It looked that Joe, the way he was presented at the time, looked like be the guy to kind of dethrone Brock Lesnar or be his equal per se but with the concussions that were happening in the ring it's just unfortunate that it never really materialised the way he wanted it to but he's really got it back now with AEW and Tony Khan's done a good job again um, with him and you're seeing the old Samoa Joe back um, the most villainous the most the strongest version of Samoa Joe so again I, I do think it's all all roads are leading to either a run at the Ring of Honor World Championship or the AEW Championship. So, in the future for Samojo. So, it's going to be interesting and I'm looking forward to it. Moving over to Impact Wrestling. I do watch Impact Wrestling. I've always watched Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling, for me, has gone through ups and downs over the years. Definitely an alternative, but the, the highest moments with Dixie Carter in charge. They had a, a spate of WCW wrestlers, old WWF WWE wrestlers that come in, but I really was impressed when Kurt Angle came in, Christian Cage. You know, they didn't just come for a payday, they came to work with some really quality, elevated the talent. Guys like AJ Styles, who for me, one of the best wrestlers of this modern era. Simply phenomenal. Does exactly what he says on the tin. Really, really phenomenal wrestler. He's come in, and you know, the matches that he's had with, with Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle mentioned when he left the WWE back in 2006. He came to TNA for guys like AJ Styles. And let's not forget, there's not only AJ Styles. Samoa Joe in that era. You know, he had a monster run as, as um, world champion. And prior to that, he was undefeated. Guys like Bobby Roode, who for me was cash money. Especially with James Storm. That tag team beer money, which, which I thought was brilliant. The tag team division was on fire. You had beer money. You had Generation Me, who are now... Um, in AEW, you've also had that, that time the Motor City Machine Guns, who are still there and, and now asked, are currently the new tag team champions. And now, kind of moving forward a little bit now, you know they've had the highs and lows, but they seem to have steadied it now, where they are concentrating on their own their own wrestlers. And there's one wrestler for me that has really stood out for me this year, Josh Alexander. He was in the in a tag team initially with um, in the North. Um, and now he's kind of gone on to be a single star and he is a two-time Impact World Champion. And this run for me has been phenomenal. 
since he beat Moose. He's gone on and a brilliant match at Bound for Glory against Eddie Edwards. He's gone on from strength to strength. And he's got this, this big match at Hard to Kill January the 14th against Bully Ray. You know, this, this Bully Ray has come from nowhere. You know, he aligned himself, said he's going to be the, do things the right way. And then he turned. And I think this is going to be a gut check moment for Josh Alexander to see whether or not he can overcome Bully Ray. Because we know Bully Ray, you know, the former world champion. He had a brilliant run as a, you know, we've always seen him in, 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 a, in, a, in a tag team element, but really came on his own with this Bully, uh, Bully Ray gimmick and became world champion. But this Bully Ray seems very villainous very hateful and he has his desires to become champion again but I've been very very impressed with Alexander and I hope one you know it'll be very interesting to see over the next 18 months to see where where he ends up whether he goes to AEW or goes to WWE but at the moment he's found his home at Impact Wrestling so again these are all the things that I will be talking about on on, on my podcast because I do watch a variety of man and as a wrestling fan we're the real winners because we have a lot of products to watch for, to watch and um, enjoy week week on week. Um, <clears throat> as I mentioned, this particular podcast today is just going to look at uh, potentially look at three three people that I've identified who have the ability to become world champion. Hopefully, in the distant future. So I've picked one from AEW, one from WWE, and one from Impact Wrestling. So I'm going to start with the one from Impact Wrestling. I've looked at the, the landscape at Impact Wrestling. You know, majority of the guys in there have the potential. We know the guys that have really done well. Josh Alexander, Moose, uh, to name a few. Sammy Callahan. But there's one guy for me that, uh, you know, over the last couple of months has really shown that main, events, main event status. And I think the, uh, the reason behind that is down to Eric Young. Violent by Design, you know, was designed in the mold of Eric Young. He incorporated guys like Cody Dina, who have really gone under his his wing and really start to develop and, uh, and flourish within Impact Wrestling. And the more I see it, now Eric Young has gone. <clears throat> he believed he was the was the disease, and now Cody Dina has now as, as, assumed leadership role of now called Design. I see it more and more now that this guy, with the with the backing of Design, has the ability over the next six to twelve months to become world champion. He's very polished on the mic, improved so much in the ring, very good. But I just think now the timing's right. Everything seems to be aligned really well now for him to really have an assault to become world champion. And the, the roster at Impact is, is stacked. And I think, you know, this great present rivalry with Sammy Callahan, who is a former world champion, is a great opportunity, is a first step towards that that build to being world champion. Um, watch this space. I think Cody Dina for me is, is the guy I believe will become a future Impact World Champion. And he's got the backing with, with his, his mold of design behind him. So I'm looking forward to seeing the progress of, of Cody Dina, but he's doing a brilliant job at the moment. And I'm, you know, very watchable content coming from his way. Um, and that's, that's with Cody Dina. So now I'm looking at AEW now, and I'm looking at an array of stars that you know you would look at and, and think, who's going to be the next guy, the next breakout guy? Ricky Starks. He's, he's, he just, for me, stands out. His work in the beginning when he was under Taz and he was the FTW champion when he was a heel and aligned himself with, with Hob, powerhouse Hobbs. Now he's become a babyface. 
I've seen the real work, real, real work being done. You know, he's had a brilliant wins um, over Ethan and beating Lance Archer. And, you know, he positioned himself uh, for a world title shot against MJF. And the promo work prior to that fight um, was brilliant. Enter when and matched the energy from MJF. And showing clear signs that Ricky starts for me with the right storylines, with the with the right timing, has the ability to become world champion. Has you know people liking them to The Rock, um, very similar in the mannerisms, very comfortable on the mic, very comfortable in that position, and you know he's showing those signs and he's showing those capabilities that he he can become world champion. And I'm intrigued to see how this this feud with Chris Jericho comes because Chris Jericho has identified and this is one thing that I love about Chris Jericho he's able to identify talent and be able to mould them and, and trying to elevate them at the same time he's identified Ricky Starks as a, as a guy that can be a part of the Jericho Association Society um, Ricky Starks you know, the, you know the old Ricky Starks would have snapped his hand off because Aligning yourself with Chris Jericho means you, you're having more TV time, more eyes are on you, and you're going to be developing. And that's what Danny Garcia is doing really well under the Jericho Association Society. But Ricky Starks is now as this baby face. He wants to forge his own path, and this is a collision course. You know, it's almost like the changing of the guard uh, some aspects. This, I'm looking forward to this feud. The, you know, the, the match next week on Dynamite, where we get to see more elements let's see how starts conducts himself again with, with a former world champion and you know Chris Jericho again has done very well to kind of adapt and being able to keep himself relevant and again you know he's been up and down in, uh, with his weight but he's been able to just again still able to hang in the ring he's had some great matches with that Brian Danielson he's had some phenomenal matches um, over the last three years with great feuds with Moxley um, Cody Rhodes, you know, he's been really, really good, Chris Jericho. And again, this is a, this is a kind of a leg up for Ricky Starks to kind of show again on primetime TV that he has the ability to become world champion. And I'm no doubt about it that the, that rematch with MJF is going to happen. But MJF has got his uh, hands full with Brian Danielson after what he did to William Regal. And as you know, with William Regal, he's leaving AEW to go back to WWE. So... You know, that's kind of brought the demise of the the, the combat club in, uh, as well. So, <clears throat> yeah, definitely Ricky Starks is someone that, you know, is on my radar that I believe will become world champion. It's all, again, it's all about the time and it's all about the experience and it's all about the, the storylines. And this storyline with Chris Jericho is going to go a long way to help his cause to be world champion. My final person that um, comes from the WWE is... One person I believe is, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm believe is right, you know, right for the pickings is Montez Ford, Street Profits. Now I know that he's been a part of the Street Profits, and the Street Profits do work in tandem. Him and Angelo Dawkins, they've been watch, they've been tag team champions in NXT, Raw and SmackDown, done done it all. But I believe, looking at the fact that you know, there's going to come a time when these two are going to split, and there's always that. Always that you know that debate, who out of the two is gonna gonna do the best? Who's gonna do the best? And then you've seen it in in the past. Edge and Christian, to prime example, they split up, and they both re relatively had successful careers. One better than the other. The Hardy Boys as well. Um, but Montez Ford for me on the mic and his athletic ability 
really, really stands him out to be, a, you know, clear contender to be a, a champion. And I, and I do believe with the belts being amalgamated at the moment with Roman Reigns, I hopefully down the line that the, the belts do split. So each brand has a title, the Universal title being on SmackDown and the WWE title going to Raw. That gives more of an opportunity, more feuds to be in there with, you know, it's already a, a stacked roster that Montez Ford gets his opportunity. And um, I've already seen with the work, you know, he's feuding a little bit with Seth Rollins again. Seth Rollins, a former world champion, solid worker. And, you know, he's, you know, he bleeds WWE, you know, and he's put a lot of good guys over this year. Matt Riddle, to name to name a few. So, again, you know, I've seen the qualities of Montez Ford. He got injured, but I'm very intrigued to see what's next and whether or not he's going to be the guy that's going to get his opportunity to have go on that singles run and get that push. There are some reports out there that are suggesting that, you know, the, the Street Profits might split or he'll get a singles push. And I do believe that he has got the capabilities to become a world champion if managed right. Because his wife has had a brilliant job as Raw Women's Champion. Um, Bianca Belair has really dominated the field and really made it her own since coming on the main roster from NXT. So I, I have no doubt in my mind that Montez Ford can take that mantle and become a world champion in his own right. But let's not, you know, take the shy off um, Angelo Dawkins because I think Angelo Dawkins, for me, behind the scenes has done really well. He's, he's trained with Tyson Kidd and Natalia and you can see the work has paid off and there's been these times this, see, this, this year where he has been in singles competition and he's looked very effective. So I do believe that if they do split, I don't think it's the end for Angelo Dawkins. He can hold a candle on the, on the mic. He has he has the great in-ring work. <clears throat> and, and and he's got that sustainability. So I have no doubt that he can, you know, the mid the mid card, lower mid card, you know, push. But I think the star star out of the two is is Montez Ford. The guy he's got that that ooze appeal, that X factor. Um but street croppings, they just they just work well together. They work in tandem, it makes a lot of sense. And um one thing I would like before they do split is maybe a hill, a hill run. Um, we've all seen them, you know, the fun, um, outgoing duo, but I'd like to see a bit more serious, mean and uh, mean version, you know. I wouldn't mind, you know, a little um, alliance of maybe the, you know, bring back uh, the Hurt Business, because I think they can work quite well together. Um, but no, definitely, I think... That's, that's the route I believe that Montez Ford needs to take, you know. It's always, I believe, the money in the bank. It's always an interesting one because there's always someone that is on the, on the verge of winning the big one that wins it. And that's a massive opportunity if Montez Ford is in, in that situation where he's on a singles run to be in a position for the next, next time money in the bank comes around. Um, but again, the WWE keeps moving on, you know, a fast pace. There's always challenges ready and waiting. He's just got to get himself in the mix and you get some meaningful foods against former world champions. So, the you know, like I said, the, you know, time keeps going fast. So we'll be interested to see the dynamics of that feud if and when it happens for Montez Ford when he does go on a singles run. So yeah, there are my three guys that I believe that are going to have an opportunity to become world champion. And like I said, it's my it's opinion I'm mine from what I've watched, and and I believe these three can eventually, at some point in time, become world champion. So, you know, they, they have time on their hands. And then one good thing about this as well, you know, they got the chance to develop. 
and the feuds and the, and the, and the, and the, and the storylines have to make sense for these to happen. But all three of these guys in their own right have the opportunity at the moment to flourish and make it happen. And timing is a, 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 you know, is a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And these things can happen. So that's everything in regards to that. One thing I wanted to also let you guys know about as well, that I will be creating social media accounts such as TikTok, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for you to like and subscribe. And I'll be putting content every week, um, like a trailer um, of what the episode's going to be. Next week's episode is going to be about the top five matches in WWE um, of 2022. Uh, you know, I've got my personal five uh, choices that I will explain uh, from number five right down to number one and explain them, you know, why I've chosen them. Uh, you know, everyone's going to have a different opinion. You know, this year has been massive in terms of wrestling content, wrestling matches, and, you know, a lot has gone on. So... It'd be very, you know, it'd be quite an interesting. My choice is going to be a mixture, not only from WWE, from AEW, Impact Wrestling as well. So it's going to be a bit of a mixture in terms of what I've um, what I've chosen. I've also wanted to let you know, obviously, the whole objective of my the podcast would be to, you know, you know, have regular regular guests on as well to have these debates about different wrestling topics per se over the, the coming weeks and eventually be in a position to trans transfer over to you know face to face where it's going to be on on youtube but at the moment the content's going to be audio um will be on spotify and also be on the apple google podcast as well so it reaches a greater number of people as well listening and i'll be aiming to uh, put out a podcast every week going forward so that just wraps up this first episode um for my podcast i just want to thank you for listening and I'll be with with you uh, next week for the next instalment. Thanks very much.